Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Going back to the book of Romans again tonight, different chapter this morning was chapter 8. Today is tonight is chapter 12, the book of Romans chapter 12. Verses 4 through 8. Amen. I want the Lord to have your way tonight in this place, I pray. The Bible says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Every one of us of each other. Amen. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, our ministry let us wait on our ministering, he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for being in your house today. I pray for your power, Lord, to wash over us. God, let your your spirit of peace, Lord, and strength be with us today. Help us to speak something that would help your church, Lord, be encouraged to be strengthened in might. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. God bless you. You could be seated. My assignment tonight is this, the Barnabas effect. Barnabas effect. The Mississippi River is a mighty, mighty river. It's a landmark. It flows some 2,350 miles from its source in in Lake and Minnesota through the center of our continent, through the central area of the United States, rather, to the Gulf of Mexico as it comes to New Orleans. At the lake that it begins, the, the Mississippi River is only about 20 to 30 feet wide. At the Mississippi widest point, sometimes it can swell to 11 feet wide. At its deepest point, it is two, uh, two miles wide. The river starts flowing, they say, at a rate of six cubic feet per second. Six cubic feet per second. But by the time it reaches New Orleans, it is belching out 593,003 cubic feet per second. What makes the Mississippi such a massive river is not the lake in Minnesota that it begins from, but because of the vibrant and inflowing tributaries that this great river has. The Missouri River is actually longer, and it flows into the Mississippi. The Ohio is a big river, 
but it flows into the Mississippi. The river that divides our nation is massive because not only the rivers like Missouri and Ohio that flow into it, but because of the little creeks and the tributaries that join together and feed this river. You and I today are only as big and as powerful and and as strong and as pure as what flows into us. What sustains us? Amen. You and I are because of, of who we are, because of the people that have poured into our lives. The power of the Mississippi at the New Orleans Point is predicated upon all the tributaries beforehand. Amen. It matters, you and I, who we connect with. It matters who speaks to us. It matters who pours into us. Have you ever left a conversation with someone, hung around someone, and felt like you were drained and discouraged and just just want to give up? You ever been around those that are just, they're Eeyore on steroids? They're so negative, they're down, they're, everything's horrible, the sky's falling in, everything's falling apart, and, and by the time you leave them, and somebody right now is already saying somebody's name in their mind. You already see their face. You know exactly who I'm talking about. You're with them for a while, and and that that tributary of discouragement flows into you, and then all of a sudden you begin to feel depleted. You begin to feel less than. You begin to feel as if you're being overcome. It matters who pours into you. It matters who speaks into your life. But on the other hand, have you ever left a conversation or been around a person that if you're around them very long, you're encouraged, you're strengthened, God helps you uh, to feel like, man, I can go, I can go whip hell with squirt pistol, I can go and win any battle that comes against me, I am victorious, amen. How many like having that kind of input in your life, that in- input that is of faith, encouragement, and strength? Well, there are connections in the body of Christ that are so important that we better make sure we have them both going and coming, both us pouring into others and others pouring into us. Paul put it like this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, the whole body fitly connected and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We are not just one person that makes up the church. We are not one person that makes up this local assembly. This is not just an assembly of, of, of a few families. This is a, fa- this is a church uh, that is both generational, yes, but it's important what your connections are and who you connect with and how you connect. Paul says this multiple times. He said it in Romans that we read tonight. He said it in Ephesians. We are one body but many parts. He told the church at Colossians, all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Hallelujah. One of these days, the church that began with great fire, the church that began in the day of Pentecost, amen, was not the church that it is going to end with. It's going to be greater. It's going to be mightier. This church is going to go out in fire and power just like it came in. The beginning of Acts 
In the beginning of Jerusalem church was just a small stepping stone, if you please, according to what the church is now. How are you thankful for the church of the living God? The writer of Hebrews put it like this. In Hebrews 10 and 24. And let us consider one another. Let us consider one another to do what? Provoke unto love and to good works. How do we do that? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. A scientist did a study in 2018 concerning face masks and the impact of facial masks upon people should there be a pandemic. Can I tell you, they already knew what masks did before we ever got to our pandemic. They already knew. But they said that they were concerned in 2018 that the effects of a face mask was, was social distancing, was disconnecting. Was making people, you get around someone and you see have a, have a mask on and, and, and you kind of divert and go a different direction. Well, I want to tell you today that the impact of, of the pandemic is a problem because we, we can lose connections. There are churches today that have lost connection and their numbers have dwindled. There are people today that are lost out with God because they lost that connection. It is so important that we understand the writer of Hebrews that says, don't forsake the assembling, the connection of each other. It's not just about coming to church. It's not just about being here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Tuesday night and, and, and your practices and your life groups. It's about the connection. It's about when we begin to worship together and praise God together and the glory of God begins to fall and we're standing together and your brother or sister reaches over and puts their hand on you. It is what I'm going to call tonight the Barnabas effect. The Barnabas effect. We need the connection one with another. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I need you. And he said that there are some that are forsaking this connection. There are some that are, are not being connected as they should be. And he said, we should connect more and assemble more, so much the more as we see the day approaching. Can I, can I encourage all of our, how many have life groups this week? Do we have any life groups this week? Amen. Look at the hands that are going up in your life group. Uh, amen. It's not just simply to play a game or not just simply get, get around each other and, and, and eat or have a Bible study or whatever your group is. Your main objective is the connection of the body. It is that you get something from someone else and you give something to someone else. And then by the end, we are a mighty moving river because of what is being poured into us. I make it because you pour into me. You make it because others pour into you. It is the connection of the body of Christ. It is the Barnabas effect. In, in, our, in our beginning text, we read from the book of Romans how the, Paul said there are many members but one body. There are many members but one body. And he talks about how that we have this one body and we are members one of another. We are connected one of another. Then he launches into what are known as the seven motivational gifts. Amen. 
Uh, seven motivational gifts that he presents to us are, are diverse. They're different and unique. The first gift that he mentions is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is the ability to deliver a representative declaration of the mind, will, and purpose of God. It is to inspire by utterance. I want to tell you that the gift of prophecy is very close to the gift of inspire preaching. It is the preached word of God that will come along and help us be lifted up. I thank God for inspirational, revelatory preaching. That when you leave you feel like I have met the Lord and I have been encouraged and the gift of prophecy flows into you and motivates you, inspires you to live for God. The gift of prophecy is so important. The preached word of God is so important today. Somebody say amen. amen. Then he said the gift of ministry. This is the gift of service in the church. The body of Christ is dependent upon the gift of service. It is the gift of being conscientious one with another. It is the gift of being able to see a need and feel a need. It is the gift of being able to say, that needs to be done, I'm doing it. I see the trash needs to be carried out, I'm carrying it. I see that this needs to be cleaned up, I'm going to clean it up. I don't say it's somebody else's job. If you have the gift of service, I want to tell you thank you. For those of you that serve this church with a ministry, amen, type gift, God bless you. Can you thank the Lord for that? The gift, the gift of service is not just people that show up for work. It's that they, they have a gift for it. It's, it's something about them. Amen. It's something about them that they operate in the gift of ministry or the gift of service. Conscientious. Helping out. Conscientious. Helping out. Oh, I praise God for people that have that kind of gift. That can see things and do things. Amen. I looked around to see if Sister Grace is in the house. and She stepped out for a minute. I want to tell you, Sister Grace has this gift. Amen. I've noticed it in her. She has a gift. She sees things and, and looks at things differently. And, and, and if you've ever got a gift from her, it'll blow your mind because she's so conscientious about it. Aren't you thankful for service gifts? Aren't you thankful for people that serve the kingdom of God, that serve our assembly? Praise God for the gift of prophecy. Praise God for the gift of ministry. And then we have the gift of teaching. This is the ability to take the mysteries and complexities of God's word and, and and cause them to be easily understood. Thank you, Pastor Dylan. God has blessed Pastor Dylan with the gift of teaching. He has that gift in case you don't know it. Thank you, Bishop Walls. He's got the gift of teaching. Thank you for what he is doing in this hour. Thank you, Pastor David. He's got the gift of prophecy. He can inspire us with great preaching. Aren't you thankful for that? We need that. We need it poured into us. Then he lists the gift of giving. The gift of giving. We have one of the most generous churches in all of the world. We may not be the richest folks. I don't know any of y'all that are millionaires yet. But I'll tell you this. You're the most faithful, dependable, and giving 
giving of your, 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 your offerings, bringing your tithes, being faithful to the house of God. There are some of you that just blow my mind because I know the generosity that is in your heart. God, we couldn't operate if we didn't have the gift of giving in our church. Then he said the gift of ruling. This is the gift of leadership. This is the gift of leadership, administration, presiding over, organizing. Amen. I believe my wife has a gift for organizing. I believe she has a gift of, of putting things together. I believe that there are those in this church that have the gift of leadership, the gift of seeing something done to its, its end. Aren't you thankful for the gift of leadership? Amen. Then, he's, then he talked about a group that had the gift of mercy. What a beautiful gift. This gift is, is the gift of helping the afflicted that sees a need and begins to respond. This is a gift of second chances. I want to tell you unashamedly I am thankful for a church that will allow people that have been broken, busted, and lost with God and say let's give them a second chance. Let's give them a third chance. Let's give them another opportunity. Let's love them in the house of God. Let's care for them. I am thankful for the gift of mercy at MPC. There is a gift that he mentioned that is perhaps one that we may not totally understand just by the word itself and on the surface. He said there's a gift of exhortation. A gift of exhortation. We tend to see exhortation as being someone that's inspiring us. But that's just a small part of what this word really means. The word in the Greek means to bring someone close to you and encourage them. To bring someone close to you and encourage them. This is the Greek word parakletes, which means to bring aside or call aside, to summon someone to you, to urge them to come and, and encourage them to take action, encourage them to, to, to move forward. The root idea is enabling a person to meet some difficult situation with confidence and gallantry and bravery and courage. The gift of exhortation is the gift of encouragement. I want to tell you in 2022, we need this gift probably more than any other. We need an overflowing word of encouragement that comes from one another that says, you can make it. You can do it. You are able by the power of God. We need the gift of encouragement. The enemy is sapping people's courage. We need exhortation. We need the exhortation. We need the courage because there's courage drainers all around. There are discouragers all around. Hallelujah. We need courage today. Somebody say, I need some courage today. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts chapter 4, we meet a man by the name of Joseph. The Bible said in verse 32... And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Here's that connection in the body. Do you see that? Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. What you need, I got it, you can have it. 
And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And brought the price of the things that, that were sold. And they, and, and they laid, laid, laid down at the apostles feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And then look at this, verse 36. And Joseph, or we would say Joseph if you please. Joseph, who by the apostles, by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levi, and out of the country of Cyprus, Having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Barnabas, what a unique person. His name is given here as Joseph. He was a son of a Levite. He was probably trained as a, as a Levite and gone to school like, like Paul. And probably went to school, some commentators believe, with Saul, sat under Gamaliel's feet with Saul. He knew him perhaps personally before they ever met in the kingdom. The first thing we read about Barnabas is that he, he came and sold land and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. His name, though, is what is, I think, very encouraging here and stands out. His name is Joseph. But if I, if I ask you to identify him, you would have to call him by his nickname that the apostles gave him. And that is the son of Paracletes. The son of Paracletes are the one who encourages. Barnabas is known as the encourager. Barnabas is the known as the one that invested in people's life. Amen. You will find that it was Barnabas that brings Saul to the church of Jerusalem and introduces Saul. Amen. And said that he is not a spy. He is not here to destroy the church. I've been with him for 14 years. I've been with him for a time. Amen. If you study the life of Saul, you will find that when Saul and Barnabas are first mentioned, Barnabas is listed before Saul. That means that Barnabas was the mentor. Barnabas was the one that invested in Saul. Amen. He was the one that was encouraging Saul. He is the one that brought Saul into the early church. And he said, let me tell you, here's Saul. You can trust him. You can believe in him. I wonder today if it hadn't been for a Barnabas, if there would have been Romans, if there would have been Ephesians, if there would have been a missionary trip, if there would have been someone that said, I believe in Barnabas, so I'm going to believe in Saul. Luke calls him a good man. In Luke chapter, in Acts chapter 11, he calls him a good man, full of the Holy Ghost. He records when Barnabas came to Antioch that but Paul and Barnabas started the church in Antioch, but it was Barnabas that they asked to go investigate the Gentiles that were being saved. Amen. Luke records that when he got there to, Bar uh, to Antioch, Barnabas exhorted. There's that word. Encouraged them all. 
with a purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord in a newfound situation. They had never seen Gentiles be accepted before. They were out of the will of God. They were not Hebrews, but yet they're being baptized in Jesus' name, getting the Holy Ghost. And what does Barnabas show up doing? He said, come on, come on. I know that there's some people that don't like you. I know there's some Jews that can't stand you, but come on, come on, come on. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. Lift up your eyes. Come on and worship God. Come on and let's have a move of God. It's the Barnabas effect. It's the Barnabas effect. It was Barnabas that was Paul's mentor that became his traveling buddy. You see, the apostle Paul on his missionary trips didn't go just by himself. He had people that went with him. Luke was with him. Barnabas was with him. Um, On their first trip, they took a guy by the name of John Mark. John Mark traveled with this missionary team on their first missionary trip. But somewhere along the way, John Mark got discouraged. He got homesick and he left them in the journey. Barnabas wanted to bring Mark back on their next trip. But Paul said no. Luke was there watching this this conversation between Paul and Barnabas. And we find that Luke writes that the contention was so sharp between them that they departed ways. They departed ways. Barnabas took Mark with him and went on a missionary trip. And and Paul took Silas and went in another direction. When you begin to study the life of Barnabas, you will find that he is called an apostle more than once. So Barnabas goes on a missionary trip with John Mark. Amen. I believe what Barnabas saw is something that even the apostle Paul could not see. Amen. He didn't see. The apostle Paul said, I don't want to take him. He's a quitter. I don't believe in him. He's not going with us. But Barnabas rose up and said, I believe in John Mark. I think John Mark's going to do something great. I believe in investing in John Mark. Aren't you glad, dear ones, that when we were ragtag nothings, when we had messed up and quit, and when we had given up, it looked like that we couldn't make it another day. There was a Barnabas that came along beside of us and said, come on, come on, come go with me to church. Come go with me to the house of God, come go with me. We're going to make it. You're going to be all right. Thank God for Barnabas. Can you praise the Lord today for Barnabas? If it hadn't been for Barnabas, we may not have Mark, the gospel. Because John Mark is the same Mark that wrote the gospel of Mark. Hallelujah. Amen. Barnabas didn't write a book, but he encouraged Mark to write a book. Amen. It was also Luke that was writing that Barnabas is encouraging. I wonder if we had had the book of Luke. I wonder if we had had the book of Acts. If it hadn't been for the Barnabas effect, that is saying, come on, you can do it. I wonder if, 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 if John Mark would have ever written, if he had been left by the apostle Paul that just couldn't see beyond his failure. But I want to tell you, this is what Paul 
Paul wrote to Timothy. Amen. Later on, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Timothy, will you bring me the parchments? And oh, by the way, bring me John Mark because he is profitable unto me for the gospel. Amen. The apostle Paul turned it around because of a Barnabas that says, come on. You get, we need the ministry of encouragers today. We need the ministry of encourager today. We need you connecting and encouraging at MPC. Connecting and encouraging. That's the Barnabas effect. Barnabas was an encourager. Barnabas vouched for Paul. Barnabas encouraged Luke. Barnabas encouraged the church at Antioch. Barnabas, his real name was Joseph. But they nicknamed him Barnabas because he had such an impact on their life. Think about that. Where would Joshua be today if Moses hadn't looked at him and said more than once, be strong and of a good courage. Be strong. Come on, you're well able to go in and possess the land. In the book of 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, Somebody say he hadn't appointed us to discouragement, to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we, we are awake, sleep, we should live together in him. Wherefore, comfort, paracletus, encourage yourselves together. Encourage yourselves We've got enough discouragement today. Watch one evening of the news and you'll feel the drain of courage going out of your body. Amen. We need more impartation of courage at MPC than ever before. We need folks speaking life and not death. We need people speaking. I'm not talking about blowing smoke or making somebody uh, feeling like they're being flattered. But I'm talking about words of strength. Words of you're going to make it. You're not going to just be destroyed. You're not going to. Hallelujah. Paul said, I've been through a lot, but I still have this treasure in earthen vessel. Proverbs tells us that anxiety weighs down the heart. Worry. Anxiety weighs down the heart. But a kind word will cheer it up. Proverbs 12.25 Proverbs also tells us that the tongue is a tree of life. A tongue I went to, to be with my brother when he was in the hospital. I had open heart surgery in San Antonio. And, excuse me, I watched at one time 15 preachers were in that room. And as everyone would walk in, my brother was laying on that bed. And he said, hey, 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 brother, have you met this man? Let me just tell you about him. He's got an awesome church. He's doing great things for God. He's just, here's his gift. He's doing this. And, 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 and every one of them, he had something to say. And I watched those men's shoulders begin to rise up. 
Oh, dear God, we need the gift of encouragement that can look past people's mistakes and say, John Mark, I was upset at you, but now you're profitable to me. Now I need you. I want you to come be a part. It's a word of encouragement that you speak to somebody that may get them through a bad day, that may get them over a bad week, a bad month, or even a horrible year. One word. We need some Barnabas to rise up in MPC like never before and encourage one another strengthen one another this world's got enough critics this world has got enough crit- enough critics do you know there are people on youtube that are making money on being a critic of preachers making big money being they 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 talk about that, how bad preachers are, and people just flock and follow that mess, and, and they're exposing this preacher and that preacher and this mega church pastor in this situation. Amen. Dear Lord, have mercy. Help. You're not going to find a YouTube channel that's just getting a lot of reviews and a lot of feeds where people are saying encouraging words. But I will tell you this. You will find it in the house of God. You will find it with your brother and sister. You will find it with somebody that's connected with you on your, on your, in your life group. You'll find them in an altar of prayer. You'll find them during a season of worship. You'll find it during the preaching of the word of God. Be encouraged. Come on, somebody. Be encouraged. Lift up somebody's hand. In this hour, it is the Barnabas effect. Comfort one another. Edify one another. Build up each other. That's what the Bible says. Words of encouragement are like huge tributaries that flow into the river of our life. Words of discouragement pour pollutants and contaminants and kill things in our life. Amen. Anxiety weighs down, but a kind word cheers you up. The writer of Proverbs also said, Gracious words are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sincere words of encouragement is simply encouraging somebody to not give up, but to keep holding on, to keep going forward. I believe in you, my brother. I believe in you, my sister. I believe in you, my friend. Amen. Our words are instruments of either healing or destruction. But the gift of encouragement brings healing every time. I thank God for the gift of prophecy. I thank God for the gift of teaching. I thank God for the gift of giving and the gift of leadership. I thank God for the gifts of mercy and I thank God for all these other gifts. But oh God, let us excel in the gift of exhortation. Let us excel in the gift of encouragement. Speak life. Not flattery, but life. Not weak compliments. I will say this about compliments. You telling me I look good in my suit may, ma- may make me feel good for a moment, but you tell me how bad I look in my suit will last for a lifetime. I know. I had a sister that I pastored, tried to pastor, walked up to me, shook my hand, said, Pastor, brown's not your color. You shouldn't wear that. Brother Daniel, I felt it felt it drain right out of my body. And for a long time I wouldn't wear brown until I realized, you dumb. Excuse me, that is my professional opinion.
opinion. A word that is negative, a word that is, is cutting, a word that is critical can cut like a knife. But words of encouragement need to come continually like the Missouri flowing into the Mississippi, like the Ohio flowing into the Mississippi. Hallelujah. And you really begin to sense that life force that says, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. When I started playing the guitar back at the age of 14 in our church, I started playing the guitar and we had three of them. Three guitars in our church at that time. Three guitars. It was so fun. Well, I, I had a way of playing, and they had a way of playing. And so I sang one night, and I sang for the first time playing my guitar at 14. And one of the other guitar players came up to me, and he said, Hey, Tim. God gave you a gift for singing, but he sure didn't give you a gift for playing the guitar. If it hadn't been for the other guitar player, I probably would have dropped it down. He coming to me afterwards because he seen what had happened. He came to me and he said, don't pay him any mind. He don't know nothing. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to pour in discouragement on someone? Amen. I, I want to say, if you're a parent, you, you correct, you, you tell them stuff that they need to be told. But I want to say, as a child of God, it's not my business to discourage. It's my business to encourage. Yes, if they're headed in the wrong direction, I'm going to encourage them to go in the right direction. Come on, you can do it. Live for God. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Ephesians 4 and 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying to uplifting to building that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Can you thank God for a word of encouragement? Dr. Larry Crabb wrote this. He said, if our words of encouragement are to have substantial impact, if our efforts to strengthen each other in the Christian walk are to be more than a pep talk, then we must become men and women who not only know about God, but actually know Him. He encourages us. Let us encourage each other. Be careful what you say to your brother or sister. Encourage them. Be careful what you tweet and what message you send. Encourage them. It doesn't take a very strong or perceptive person to criticize and complain. But it takes a gift of encouragement to cause the people to arise, to dispense courage to others. That's the Barnabas effect. Do you have a Barnabas in your life? Do you have a Barnabas in your life? Amen. Might be because you need to be a Barnabas. It might be that you need to sow some courage that that courage can come back to you. Dispensing encouragement can be also challenging and messy. It requires meaningful involvement in the life of others. The Bible teaches us that the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Amen. Proverbs writes, the tongue of the righteous is a choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. 
The words of the reckless it writes pierces like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing, brings healing. He also writes that the soothing tongue is like a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit, crushes the spirit. Lord, let us have Barnabases. Let us have Barnabases in our church like never before. And we do. We do. Stand with me, please. Praise God. Hold on, Sister Carrie. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to make our own music here in just a minute. Hold on with Pastor. The prophet said in Isaiah 35 and 3, Strengthen ye the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. When it is translated into the Greek, this is the word parakleto, which means encourage. Encourage the fearful heart to fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with the recompense. He will come and save you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. We're going to encourage one another. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.
And so, Father, right now, as we look at our church, God, we're thankful, God, for the gifts that you have given to us. We're thankful, God, for the gifts, Lord Jesus, that are planted inside. But, oh, God, we want to cultivate in this year a gift of encouragement, one to another. Father, for the sake of the edifying of the church, for the sake of the assembling of the body together, in Jesus' mighty name. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Now just begin to walk one to another and begin to just tell somebody how you appreciate them and give them courage in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.